to the Sojourn Church podcast. We are glad you are here, and thanks for listening. As a church, we exist to exalt and enjoy the supremacy of Jesus Christ in all things, equip the saints, and extend the gospel to all people by reproducing disciples and churches for the glory of God. More information about the life and mission of Sojourn Church can be found at SojournTulsa.org. That's S-O-J-O-U-R-N, Tulsa.org. Morning, everybody. Um, we're going to be today... Oh, there, there we go. It's working now, right? Okay. All right. We're going to be in Ephesians... I've got, got a lot of volume now. We're good. Ephesians 4, uh, 15 through 16 this morning. Get my stuff all together. I'm sure something will fall off at some point during this sermon. So, um, so you can go ahead and get there. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. And um, I'm going to kind of just read a little bit through the, the passage. Um, I'm going to read a little bit more, like verse 11, um, starting in verse 11, but we're really going to camp out on 15 and 16. So, uh, we'll get there here in just a minute. But we're going through this this series that Sankey's been doing called Train Us for Eternity. Um, and I actually uh, originally told Sankey that I wasn't going to be able to preach because uh, my anniversary was this last weekend. I didn't want to be 100% focused on sermon prep um, and all that while, um, you know, anniversary time with my wife. Uh, however, you know, I told him that, and then he got Tyler to do it, and... <laughs> Uh, Tyler's, you guys, if you know him at all, he's had a pretty crazy week, and his wife could go into labor at any moment. So, <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I told Tyler, hey, like, I've got a sermon that I've preached uh, a couple years ago at our previous church that's already, a manuscript already written up, and so it, it won't be too difficult to, to get back in. And I think it kind of fits in with our sermon series, too. Um, it's, it's a little more of an exhortation-type sermon, and if that word... Is a little unfamiliar to you. Uh, exhortation just basically means like, you know, where Paul in various places in the New Testament is like exhorting people how to live. It's a, it's a loving, gracious way of saying live this way. Um, and this is, this is kind of the point of this passage. Um, is, and, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. But if you're an outline person, um, you can go ahead and uh, I think we've got it up there at the bottom. I'll just read uh, those points there. You can feel free to write them down if you want. But the uh, kind of the main points for this is that the church should not be immature. Um, of course, that being you and I should not be immature. Um, point two, the church should grow up and mature into Christ. We should do that. Um, growing up into Christ happens by speaking the truth in love. So you'll see that in a minute. Uh, and then fourthly, togetherness. So being together plus health. Uh, leads to this cyclical or cyclical growth in the body of Christ. And so um, we'll read through this, and then, uh, like I said, focusing on 15 and 16, but we'll start in verse 11. Uh, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro 
by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so what I'll do is I'll pray, and we'll pray together here, and then I'll kind of read back through it and give a little bit of commentary as we read, and then we'll kind of get into some more of the sermon. Uh, let's, let's go to Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, we come to you. Um, thank you, new Lord. I, I do want to acknowledge today as we gather um, and thank you for the work that you're doing in our country. Um, God, we, we see this, this great um, movement that's happened um, with our political structure. And God, we just pray that we as a church would truly be a people that speak the truth in love um, and, and can continue to, to um, be obedient during this time um, when there's, there's much talk um, in the air about all this. So God, we just praise and thank you for saving babies and for your care for the least of these, um, those in the womb. And uh, we know that this is your work, and we acknowledge that, and we thank you for, for that. God, as we, as we um, are here and we're gathered around your word, Lord, I pray uh, that you would teach us, um, that we would all have ears to hear, eyes to see um, what you have for us, that we would speak the truth in love, um, growing more into Christ, um, that we would be more unified in this, um, functional, joined together, connected, um, all for your glory, um, that we would truly abide in you as we are the branches and you are the vine. I pray that we would grow, um, grow up in every way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this, this passage, um, verse 15, uh, starts with the, with, with the word rather. So as you can see there, rather, you know, it's, it's speaking to what comes right before it. And what comes right before it, Paul had just said that he's, Christ gave different teachers, preachers, apostles, evangelists to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So, um, and then he said, so that we wouldn't be tossed here and there um, by every wind uh, of doctrine and the, the things of this world and deceitful schemes. So rather, what we should be about is speaking the truth in love. Uh, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So this is the way that we grow together, is by speaking the truth in love. Um, and then it, talk, it goes on next to say, from whom the whole body joined and held together. So you see those different words of connectiveness there. Joined, held together in this body by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, so that's properly, working properly kind of speaks towards function or health, uh, makes the body grow so that, so that it builds itself up in love. So then you see this kind of at the end there, this, it builds itself up in love, this sort of this cyclical or cyclical growth that as, as one part grows, so the other parts grow, and it sort of feeds on each other. Um, if, if you look at this, um, as we're, as we're looking at the passage, uh, I did want to speak a little bit about, um, expositional preaching 
And um, the very first part of this says, you know, speak the truth in love. And so focusing on, on that section, um, I, I was going to mention about uh, this guy named Mark Devery. He wrote a book called Nine Marks of the Healthy Church. You guys, a lot of you probably, probably read that. But in his book, he claims that the most important sign or mark of a healthy church is the expositional preaching of the Bible. Expositional preaching is letting God's word lead the way. Um, it's making the main point of the Bible passage be the main point of the sermon, and therefore the main point of what we are to be doing and saying and thinking um, as we are listening to, to that. Um, and our thinking and saying and all that should be shaped by that. So God's Word, we know, is, is living and active, and it literally changes us to become more like Jesus um, if we're listening to preaching uh, from it. So isn't that the whole point of life, right? To know Christ, to know him more fully, to imitate him. Um, and we do imitate that which we love, right? And so to, to hear expositional preaching draws us into that. So it, to mature, to grow, to produce fruits of the mature Christian life, to advance in Christ's likeness by imitating him who you adore and, and enjoy. And so the first kind of point from the sermon, and what I would say uh, kind of question or, or point towards everyone is that the church should not be immature. Um, so when Paul says rather in this section, he is speaking about the part right before it that talks about being immature. Immaturity makes us unstable and vulnerable to, to false teaching. It makes us waver and it makes us doubt. It makes us foolish. Um, not growing is not an option for a believer to be satisfied with. Now, Paul is not saying in this section that immaturity is wrong or sinful. If a person just comes to Christ, obviously they're immature. They're a new believer, and that is not wrong. It's a beautiful thing. A newborn um, in Christ is not going to know all these things that we would classify them as maturity. So um, it's not wrong to be immature unless um, over time you're staying there and there's, you know, you've got ample, ample opportunity to move forward and to be growing and maturing. Um, that's, that's the point that he's trying to make. So the rather here is a contrast word. So don't be immature. Don't be not growing. Um, the Ephesians church and the church here today. So I would say to you guys, sojourn. You know, don't just be tossed all over the place by life. Um, we need to grow and mature. Um, so the church should grow up and, and mature into Christ. And, and so that means that you all, I should grow up and mature into Christ, who is the head, right? We are the body. So how do we do that, Paul? Um, so what does he say next? He says to speak the truth in love. Um, when the church proclaims truth in a loving manner, um, in the corporate setting, the church grows, right? Um, the church matures. And this is what I was meaning earlier about expositional preaching, that we should be all about that. We should be excited uh, about the expositional preaching of the Word. Some of you may have heard the term expositional listener. We should also kind of come alongside the different people that are preaching, thank you primarily, and be an expositional listener. Uh, we, when you proclaim truth in your home in a loving way, your family grows, right? Um, your family matures. And it's really incredible how you speak the truth. Uh, when you speak the truth to me from a loving motive, it makes me grow. Uh, it also makes you grow up. Um, so speaking the truth, uh, God's truth, makes both the speaker and the listener grow. And an example would be for me to get up here and speak from a motive of 
not, not, not loving is, is, is not going to help me grow. Uh, there are sometimes when people still do speak from the wrong motive and God still works through that, which praise him. Um, but, but for us both to grow, I need to be speaking out of a motivation of love. If I'm not, then I don't grow. Um, if you receive the truth given in love, then you grow. We both grow more interested in Jesus and more like Jesus, right? Um, and uh, we both profit spiritually from the proclamation of truth motivated by love. And think about this for a second. This is interesting um, about love and truth. You can speak truth without love. You can speak truth with no love. But you cannot love without eventually speaking truth, right? I'll say that again in case it tripped you up. It is not only possible, but super common and easy to speak truth with no love motivation, right? Um, We do this stuff all the time, but you cannot truly love others without speaking truth to them at times. Love makes us eventually open our mouth and let it out. Um, If you've got a friend who's always griping at their wife around other people, and you see that over and over and over, you're eventually going to speak some truth into his life and talk to him about that in a loving way. Um, Love compels you to eventually figure out some way to speak to your coworkers and neighbors about the living water that you claim to have tasted, the freedom from sin that you have experienced. And I'm personally really thankful, and this applied back to when I was preaching this at Western Meadows, and it applies again here, that that I'm encouraged and thankful that sojourn is not a place of truth bashing, um, it's a very gracious place. It's a grace-oriented environment. Um, I haven't observed sojourn to be a bunch of Bible thumpers at all. <laughs> Quite the opposite. This is truly a group of people who are quick to listen, um, eager to overlook unimportant stuff, watching for sin patterns in life rather than correcting every sin moment that you observe, slow to rebuke, slow to anger, slow to correct, slow to speak. In matters that are, you know, trivial and uncertain, um, we should be that way, right? More and more, we should we should continue to be that way. Um, eager to practice giving others the benefit of the doubt in certain situations. Um, I have seen people and even whole churches who arm themselves with sound doctrine and go around, you know, pre- speaking at and and preaching at with no love. Um, you know, they say truth at all costs. A lot of times, and uh, but there's not an interest in love or peace within that. It happens all the time. Uh, Martin Luther said, "You know, peace if possible, truth if all costs, truth at all costs." And this might be a little bit bold for me to say this, but um, I might would one up that a little bit and say uh, better. And I don't know exactly the context of why he, he, you know, why that phrase was penned, but I would say, uh, you know. Um, peace if possible, but loving truth at all costs. It should always be, you know, covered and and seasoned with grace and love, no matter what the truth. And so, you know, just because something is true doesn't doesn't mean we should say it. Uh, For instance, I've heard a a wife call her her husband fat to his face, and uh, there was people around, and um, he wasn't fat, (laughs) um, and it shouldn't have been said, but these types of things are uh, stuff that we think we, we need to say sometimes. 
Um, and, and this stuff is, you know, there's a, there's a time and place for all this stuff, right? Um, and, and, and so the point is, um, just because it's true doesn't mean you should say it, right? And uh, this is all not very profound, really. It's kind of first grader stuff, but I mean, we all act like first graders quite often. And so um, I think we need to hear it. Paul says, we, you know, thinks we need to hear it to speak the truth in love. Um, you, you know, you guys know what uh, people who think of, of themselves uh, who, who spout truth all the time with little forethought as to the way it's coming across um, and little care about how it's received. You know what they think about themselves, right? Or we do at times. We think we're, we're loving and bold, right? Um, but you know what everybody else thinks about them, right? Um, not loving and bold. <laughs> um, we, we have other words we would probably describe that. Um, so uh, that this, is, this is the difficult part about speaking truth um, and knowing truth is that it's easy and accessible. I mean, we have this book of truth. Um, the difficult part is, is, is to convey it in a way that's loving um, because we can sin with the truth against someone just as easy as we could sin without it. Um, and this is why love is so crucial to strive for, having love. The bar is set higher with love. Truly denying yourself for the sake of another, truly loving them is far more difficult and taxing than finding the right verses to rebuke someone on social media for whatever he said that you disagreed with. Uh, but we are called to speak the truth in love and with love. This is the reason for prayer and wisdom, discernment, um, these things, and, and acknowledging that these things truly come from God. Because our motive to speak should be love, our manner of speaking should be love, and our manner of living should be love, so that we have room to speak to others, right? Um, and, and let me hit on a, on a nerve um, for everybody here, um, because most of us have kids and people we live with, a wife, husband. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably the people that you speak the most unloving truth to are the ones who live in your house. And this is true for me. Um, in stressful moments at home, uh, you need to come to grips with the fact that you're Default or knee-jerk responses uh, in these moments are often sinful and instinctive rather than being gracious and loving. Um, in their motivation and the, in the manner that we say them. Uh, it's ironic that we all often think that by yelling and speaking out of anger that somehow that's going to produce the righteousness of God and our children. Um, but... <laughs> Bible specifically says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, especially in our wife and our kids, right? Um, and so it, does, it just doesn't work that way. Everything has to be covered in love. Um, we need to prayerfully examine our knee-jerk reflexes, our habits, our responses, because they aren't often loving. Um, and, I, and I speak of this from personal, um, at, least, at least mine aren't often that way. And the end game of this maturing process is the formation of the body of Christ. Is it not? That's what the passage says there, right? Um, into Christ who is the head, that it may build itself up. 
The body is formed by us maturing, not being who we are today and being more like Christ tomorrow. Always repenting, always putting off sinful habits and reflexes, always putting on Christ-like habits and responses. This is, you guys remember Sankey talking last week about mortification and vivification. Mortification being putting to death the sin in your life, putting on Christ, um, bringing that to life, praying that our motivation is love. And I would say, uh, look back towards the passage there too, towards the end. Um, what does a mature, a mature church look like? How does the mature body work? So look at the passage. Two things stand out. A couple things there. Every joint should be connected. Do you see that? And working properly. So this speaks to joints connected, connectivity, um, physically near each other in time and space. So we're talking about each member of this church. Um, and just, you know, I would ask you, and you, you're welcome to answer this out loud, are you a member of the body of Christ? You can. You can say it out loud if you want. Um, if you are, then as this is saying, then you should be connected, right? He uses several ways to, to describe this connectedness there, but every joint should be connected, working properly in time and space. Working properly, kind of what does that speak to? It kind of speaks to like health or function. Um, how, how, is, how are the different members of the body working? Are they healthy and functional? Because you can have all the right body parts, right, but be in a coma. Um, you can have your hand um, to the plow ready to do some work, but if the stomach is too sick, um, no work gets done. Um, and so Paul is urging here for the Ephesians to be intimately connected, joined, and fully healthy, right? So healthy. The vine has to have something to grow on. So you kind of think of this trellis and the vine, like scaffold analogy of like a vine that grows up to produce grace, uh, grapes. It's, it's got to have something to grow on to. And so um, I guess my question would be, as I look out at a bunch of members here, of Christ's body is how connected are you? I would ask yourself that question. Um, are you connected to others in the church enough to allow even a, a love to even be a possibility? Um, listen, and guys, listen, as, as I'm saying this, uh, I'm the biggest offender on this. Um, I'm talking about being connected. When, when I preached this sermon a couple years ago, um, we had a guy in our community group, his name was Martin, and he's a good friend of mine. Uh, but I confess in our group, we had, had a, uh, did it once a week, kind of like we do here. I confess in group that I really struggle um, with knowing people and things in their life and remembering those, um, those things. And so his soft core rebuke to me was maybe you should care about people more. <laughs> um, and so when he told me that, I was like, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, it stung. Um, and it's true, um, I, I, that, that, that is a, a besetting issue with me. Um, and um, he told me that after, after that, I think he followed up with me on a text message the next day. He, he said, hey, just remember, like when we first met for the like, first month, when, I, when they started coming to church where we were, we were, 
he was like, you, you asked me how work at Rib Crib was going uh, for about every single week. And he was like, I didn't work at Rib Crib. <laughs> he worked at Main Street Barbecue. For, for, for me, I was like, well, I got barbecue rides, so I'm really loving this guy. But to, to be honest, like a lot of times I wasn't really listening, wasn't really connected, um, didn't really care a lot, um, to be honest. Um, and so um, what's, what's the point here? Um, and and there's, there's various levels of how we're all connected and know each other in different ways. And some of those things are, are difficult to work through because we're all in different spheres of life. But we do need more than intentionality than a Sunday pass by hello to truly love people um, that we're united to Christ with. So the first question I'm just asking is, how's your scaffold doing? How's that trellis, the vine? Is it is it able to grow? Um, is there a place for it to do that in time and space in your life? How's your availability to others? And I would just say, um, thinking about this, start with Sunday. Here we are. Uh, and community group and build from there. Um, and, you know, start start with some, something a little, little more, something more than what you're doing, you know. Um, and this is not a rebuke. This is just something to say of, like, we all can grow in this area. Um, this is what Christ is, is always calling us to, is to love each other more and strive for more connection. So um, something to pray through. Uh, another point, just thinking about this type of stuff, is like um, I know one time the lynches were over at our house, um, and Jamie asked if we'd gotten to know any of our neighbors yet. Um, she didn't say it in like this thing of like, well, you know, you should be getting to know your neighbors, but it wasn't like that. She's just a simple question of like, you know, have y'all got to know them? It wasn't laced in obligation or anything like that. It was just a conversation question. But that's stuck with me. Um, I'm bringing it up today. And Mike Krebs, most of you guys know him. They live in Jordan. He came back for a little bit, and they visited here and came over to our house. And he ended up having this long conversation, probably longer than I have with my neighbor, uh, and find out the guys, you know, uh, from Jordan originally is a fighter pilot, general who's retired, um, just a really cool guy. Um, and, and just kind of a convicting moment where Mike had sort of asked me some of the same things. I'm like, dude, you need to get to know your neighbor. This guy's amazing. Um, and so these types of things are stuff that happens when we are together. Um, another thing of just thinking of some examples in my life of just being around people. Um, and, you know, you know you, we don't get points for this stuff, right? Like hanging out with uh, Jamie or Mike Krebs. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's stuff that we're just, we're doing because we want to be around each other and life happens. Um, and another guy, another person I, I was around, uh, am around quite a bit, it's Tyler. Um, I remember when Owen was like two or three, um, you know, disciplining Owen. He's watching that happen um, with, me, with me and Owen. And, um, after Owen was doing something and, you know, I spanked him and we, we, uh, some time had went on. Tyler was like, hey, you know, why do you spank him five or six times? Would, would one work? <laughs> um, and I was like, probably so. One, one good one would probably work. Um, and it was convicting to me because I was like, I don't really have a great answer to that question. I hadn't thought that through. Tyler hadn't been in my life. You know, um, I, th- I just think it was a thing that was, was a way God used him to, to Tyler to, to work in my life to, to help me with my relationship with my son. Um, and so why don't I bring all these things up? 
um, because these are natural ways that God works to prompt us towards love for each other, right? Um, and our neighbors, just by hanging out, just by abiding together, uh, we're to abide in Christ, and part of that is we're all connected. Um, you know, like I, like I said, we don't get points for this, but uh, but but these things do stick out in my mind as as ways that these connections have helped me to love my neighbors, um, to work on being more interested in people, interested enough to connect with and love the people next door. Um, because Proverbs tells us over and over that isolation doesn't do us any good. Um, second question, are you healthy? So kind of leaving the connectivity part, but are you healthy and functioning as Paul prescribes here? Um, and then I'll talk for a second a little bit about fishing. Uh, it's kind of random, I know. But um, Sankey, actually, I got this analogy from him years ago at Tahlequah. Um, but he talked about, one time, um, regarding evangelism, he, he was talking about, uh, you know, a bunch of people that get together that like to, like to talk about fishing. They get together with their buddies once or twice a week, and they tie knots. Um, they, you know, talk about different reels and ways of casting, all these different fish. You know, these, you know they, they love fishing. They even watch, you know, videos of fishing, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you ask them the question of like, well, when do you guys go? We just like to talk about it. We don't. We've never actually been. Um, and I remember when he, he told me that years ago regarding evangelism is like it stung. And um, you know, thinking about things like that, it, it does maybe feel, make you feel convicted, and it maybe feels like an obligation of like I know I should be sharing my faith with others. And take that, take that, and pray that that would turn into a, a, a pursuit, something that you want to do. Not that something you just feel like you should do, but you don't really want to. And, and pray through also, like, how, how can I? Maybe you're someone that just really is like, years and years have gone by, and I don't know what to say to people. I struggle with that. I don't know when, how, what, where. Um, pray through that um, and, just, and just wait on God. I think this is a good thing to abide and, and, and rest and, and wait for God to help in these things. So the question is, um, are you healthy and functional um, in the various aspects of, of the Christian life, um, only, evangelism only being one part of that. Um, but at some point, we do have to go and do something. The body does need to grow um, and be active in, in, um, in these ways. Um, and so we may not be a church of Bible thumpers and praise God um, that we're not, but, but how are we doing in these different areas? And I would say, too, thinking about the whole dynamic of Sabbath, rest, abiding, a lot of these things that sort of have uh, more of a like a restful context to them. Um, for it to be healthy and functional, whether it's talking truly about your body or as your, your spiritual body, there's this cycle of activity and rest, a proper and like uh, obedient activity along with proper and ob- obedient rest. And knowing when and, 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 and kind of putting that strong effort in to work out your salvation with fear and trembling um, for just God who works in you and kind of working through those to, to, to really pour yourself out in life for others, uh, for the sake of the kingdom, uh, for, for God's glory, but also remembering when and, and how to rest and resting together, you know, as we, as we work and have this activity and rest component that are essential to our health, each of us personally, but also us corporately as a church. So, um, 
You know, I think of different examples of this too, of like Ephesians 2, uh, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Um, you think of other things too, of just like play and enjoying each other, even in, in one of the most, I think, explicit ways I think of that in the Bible is, is Song of Solomon and just this whole book of this, this couple that loves each other so much. And there's really not anything in that that seems work or toil. It's just this loving, um, uh, joyful time together spent resting and enjoying one another. Um, and then other instances of Paul telling Timothy, you know, do the work of, a, of an evangelist, preach the word in season and out of season. So there's this activity and rest component that um, prompts us all to, to this in, in an every member ministry type way. Um, so the last kind of point I wanted to mention was just, just to think about the, the part where it says to build itself up in love and that kind of cyclical way or cyclical that, that when one of us obeys and is, is um, pursuing um, and following God in an area that this, this ripple affects other people in the church. And much like working out, you know, whenever you do uh, hit the gym hard for a month, that next month you're burning more calories, your body's better functioning. In a similar way, there's, you know, there's this way within the church that we, as members, as we grow in health, it continues to build us up. It encourages others. It causes others to be stimulated um, and, and growing as well. Forming loving habits and patterns in the church. Um, and love, guys, it has to be the thing that motivates um, our, our speaking, our doing, and results in growing to be a functional body of Christ. Um, and love, remember also, is from God. We are called to rest and abide in love and actually cultivate it. So kind of ending on this, uh, I would maybe kind of ask you to think about one thing. At the very end, he does say... Um, one second. So that it builds itself up in love. And so kind of focusing in on that word, it's a, it's a really used and a used wrongly word these days, um, especially in our culture right now. Love is love and all these other things. But think of, think of um, what I mean by this, that tagline that's being used by a lot of the culture. But think of this word love. Um, and if you, do you struggle, I guess I should ask the question, do you struggle with understanding love? And I would just encourage you as we leave today um, to dwell mostly on love being defined as the self-sacrificing example of Christ. Um, John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Um, this is what Christ did for us. And even, even more so, like he laid down his life for his enemies. Um, and so think of that, of, you know, preferring others, considering their interests above your own. Um, and then, and then lastly, look at Romans 9, 3. You don't have to turn there, but, uh, he, Paul basically says in that section, um, that he would go to hell for the Jews if it would save them, if he could do that. Now, it's obviously not something that's something that is possible, but that's, that's, a, that's a, a tough passage to think about, a tough verse, very convicting that this guy's pinning down in God's word that I would, I would be accursed.
for the sake of my brothers. Um, and, and kind of consider these things as, as motivations to, to love others. Um, and, just, and just remember there that, that this is going to strengthen our church. So I would say go and speak loving truth to one another um, and seek to mature and help us all to grow and mature together. Um, uh, let's, let's end there and I'll, I'll pray. And then I think Brad's going to come up and uh, do another song after that. And Tyler's going to be uh, going with the uh, Lord's Supper here in just a few minutes. Um, and if there's, you know, I'd kind of prompt you too, if there's anything here that's convicting or that you just feel like maybe I just need to share this with somebody and confess or um, I need to take some steps. I just need some help. Um, you know, find somebody that, that you feel like you can talk to about that. Um, but let's, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now on that. Father, we thank you um, for the love you've given us. Um, Jesus, that you did die for us who were your enemies and now can call you friends. And um, Lord, I just pray uh, for our church that you would grow us um, in your grace. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.